Well, hello, church. Yeah, I hope you're here today with an expectation. And uh, well, I, uh, I want us to start in prayer as always. So uh, join me in prayer, please. Father, we want to thank you for this day. Lord, as you've told us, this is a day that you've made. And we are rejoice and be glad in it. We don't know what this day holds for each of us, but we do know that you hold the day. I thank you for each person here, Lord. I pray, Father, we'd have a sense of your presence. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would permeate this place. Lord, I ask for wisdom. I ask for clarity of speech. And I ask you, Father, to speak to me, to your people. Through the blessing of Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen. Amen. We'll turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 1. Uh, this morning, we're going to deal with uh, uh, verses 3. And I've added a verse 7. Uh, if you have your outline, it says, uh, three to six, but I got thinking about that after I turned this into the uh, church to be printed, that uh, I really want to go an extra verse. So uh, join me as we read. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made known to us according to his beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You know, this passage that we're going to talk about this morning is one of the greatest and most important passages in Scripture. And it, it, it is that because it deals with God's plan for the world and his eternal plan. Uh, it deals with the great blessings of God, which he pours out uh, to us uh, who trust his son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite hymns is Count Your Blessings. You know, uh, when I can't sleep, I count my blessings. That's a secular song. But the hymn says, count your blessings and see what God has done. Count them and name them one, one, one by one because you might be surprised what God has done. You know, we have a tendency to look at the negative things in life. You know, as I mentioned here before, when you watch the news, it's always negative. You know, there are so much good things going on in the world. There are so many blessings. Every day, you're blessed. If you're here this morning, you're being blessed. Not because I'm here speaking, but you woke up this morning. You know, every day that I have and I wake up, I say, thank you, Jesus, because you've given me another day. Or at least I have this morning. So this is, this, is, this is such a thing to remember that God has blessed us. But we're going to talk about that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It doesn't say God has blessed us with some or God may give you a few. No, it says we have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now... A spiritual blessings, they're of the spirit. They're in the heavenly realm. A spiritual blessing are, 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 are the very opposite of temporal blessing. How many of you all like to be blessed? Yeah, yeah, praise God. I mean, if, if, you're not, if you're here and you didn't raise your hand, please see me out after the service because I'm going to start naming your blessings one by one. We all want to be blessed and we all seek after material blessings. But ladies and gentlemen, a spiritual blessing is much more better than a blessing here on earth. Why is that? It's simple. Because they're never ending. A temporal blessing 
is for a short period of time. We might be blessed tomorrow. tomorrow I mean, today and tomorrow we may have all kinds of difficulties. They, they, a temporal blessing doesn't last. So spiritual blessings are vastly superior to material blessings. And here's the, the key. Only in Christ Jesus will we find spiritual blessings. It says, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Unless you're in Christ, you cannot have spiritual blessings. So God has given us every spiritual blessing. Now, the first spiritual blessing I want to talk to you about this morning is God has chosen us to be holy and blameless. Now, last week I talked about saints. How many of y'all this week walked around and talked to your brothers and sisters? How you doing, St. Ron? How you doing? You know, you know, we're saints. And I talked to you about that last week. But not only are we saints, God has chosen us to be holy and blameless. Now, I explained to you last week that the word holy means to be set apart, consecrated to God. The word blameless means to be free from sin, to be above reproach and without blemish. Now, simply stated, God's desire and the greatest blessing he gives us is perfection. Now, you all know, say, Brother Herb, I don't, I don't know what turnip truck you fell off of. Because, you know, I know that I'm not perfect. You know, uh, I look in the mirror and I see I'm not perfect. You know, as I walk through my daily life, I get, I get irritated. I don't know about you. How many of you all like to be irritated? I don't like to be irritated. I just don't, you know, I don't like it. Sometimes I, be, I succumb to my irritation. How do, you, how do you succumb to irritation? Greek word. You get mad. You get angry. You say something you shouldn't say. So we know that we're not perfect. But God has declared that we're perfect in Christ Jesus. No individuals, no, not even a believer can live a perfect and sinless life. It's impossible. Why is that? Because we have a sin nature. We do. When we're saved, God doesn't take our sin nature away. He gives us two natures. We have a sin nature and a spiritual nature. And the one that you feed is the one that grows. And it's Donovan that, unfortunately, too many of us feed the sin nature. But in Christ Jesus, we are declared perfect. Not because we're perfect, but because he's perfect. And so when we come to Christ and when we receive Christ and our faith in Christ, and by receiving him, our Lord and Savior, as our Lord and Savior, God declares that we're perfect in Christ. Like I say, when he looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Christ. Now, I don't know about you all. I've learned it doesn't pay to argue with God. And if God says I'm perfect, I'm going to accept it. Because when he looks at me, and we have to understand this, when he looks at me, he doesn't see me. He sees the blood of Christ that covers me. And he is declared because I have trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And if you have trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, he declares that you're righteous he declares that you're justified. He declares that one day he's going to glorify you when you meet him in heaven. And he's, you're, he's sanctifying you right now. He declares that you have a spot in his house. That's a spiritual blessing. You know, you can't buy that. You can't earn that. You don't deserve that. But in Christ, that's one of the 
the blessings, and it's a spiritual blessing. They'll never end. He doesn't say, well, you know, you're blessed today. I've declared you righteous, but tomorrow I'm going to get upset with you. And so you, 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 you're not going to be blessed, and you're not going to be perfect anymore. No. Once you're born in the kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot be unborn. So God declares that you are perfect. But the second blessing I want to talk to you about today, and this is basically what this message is about. God has adopted us as his children. You know, the Bible says it was predestined that, and that means that it was foreordained. It was the pleasure of God to adopt us, the good will, pleasure of his will. Ladies and gentlemen, the word foreordained does not mean that God chooses some persons for salvation and everyone else for eternal punishment. I've heard that. Well, <clears throat> I'm part of the chosen. You know, God chose me. Now, he didn't choose some of these people over here. I don't know what your Bible says, but my Bible says God is a loving God. Amen. My Bible says that God is a just God. Right. Now, to me, it does not make sense for God to say, okay, this group I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my son die for them, and so they have eternal life with me in heaven. But this group over here, I'm going to just condemn them to eternal punishment. The Bible does not subscribe to that. Because when I read the Bible, it says, whosoever. Now, who's a whosoever? I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever. Whosoever calls on the name of God shall be saved. The Bible said, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whoever, there's that whoever again, believes on him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, I marked a passage in my Bible years ago in Second Peter chapter 3. And it says, listen to this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But is long suffering, suffering towards us, not willing, you get that? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, some people teach predestination that some are saved and some are lost. You know, some have no hope because God hasn't chosen them. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not what the Bible teaches. Now, let me give you a simple illustration. Very simple. To hopefully to, to clarify this for you. Years ago, my wife and I had the privilege to buy a couple timeshares. Now, I know timeshares. Oh. Well, I had a timeshare up in the mountains of North Georgia around Helen because we, 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 we liked that area. And I, had, and I never could pay space bank it. So I, when I got down here about 20-some years ago, I got aggravated because all I could get is the, you know, they'd, they'd send me someplace in Missouri in the middle of the state. I couldn't get anything on the coast. I just got <laughs> irritated. <laughs> you got that? I just really got irritated. So my wife and I bought us another one over at Cocoa Beach because we've been taking family vacations over there since my daughter was a teenager. By the way, I'll tell you, she won't tell you, she's 53 now, so we've been going to Cocoa Beach for a long time. Well, about two years ago, just before I retired, I decided, well, we never go to North Georgia anymore. We hadn't used that thing in 20 years. So I sold that one. I sold the one at Cocoa Beach, and I bought two new ones. Guess where I bought them? Cocoa Beach. I like Cocoa Beach. 
Now, here's the point I'm trying to make to help you grasp what I'm trying to talk to you about predestination. Over a year ago, it was predetermined. That's what predestination means. It was predetermined that we're going to have a family vacation. Now, my wife and I are very family-oriented. And so we have two condos for a week, side by side, and it holds our family. Now, when my two grandsons get married and start having children, they're going to have to buy their own condo because I'm not buying anymore. <laughs> but my whole family has been invited, and the place has been prepared. It's all set up. And you know what? It doesn't cost them anything. Because I, I love to get together with my family. And so I said, all right, if you all come, grandmommy and granddaddy, great-grandmommy and great-granddaddy, we're going to pay. All you got to do is come. All you got to do is accept our invitation to come and be part of this family vacation. You got a place. It's not gonna call, we're going to buy you food. There's no excuse for you not to come. We invite you. Now, do you think my whole family is going to come? Always one or two won't come. They will not accept the invitation. So because they don't accept the invitation, they're not part of the vacationers. Or let me put it this way. They're not part of the chosen. You get my drift? God says the invitation to receive Christ is for everyone. Whosoever, anybody, anybody that will come and receive my son, Jesus Christ, the price has been paid. He's preparing the place. There's room for you in heaven. Folks, there are, there's, there's plenty of room. Read the 21st chapter of Revelation. It, you know, I think it's 15 miles this way, 15 miles that way, 15 miles that way. It's huge. And you can, all you have to do is accept the invitation. But you know, some people don't accept that invitation. I wish I could, if I had a dollar for every time since I received Christ 50-something years ago, and, and Coy Steele used to take me out as a presentation partner. You all remember when you first received Christ? You're so excited. You'd do anything. I remember Corey one Sunday caught me and said, Brother Herb, I need a, vac a visitation partner. Will you go visiting with me? I said, absolutely. I went home and I asked my wife, what's visitation? <laughs> she said, that's when you go out and you knock on somebody's doors and you tell them about Jesus. I said, I can't do that. I'm scared. But I went. And Coy discipled me. And we went and we shared the gospel with a lot of people in Lilburn, Georgia. And I saw people come receive Christ and it thrilled me that. But I saw a lot of people say, well, I'm not ready. Why would somebody not be ready to receive the invitation of God to be forgiven of all their sins, past, present, and future, and know that when they leave this world, and ladies and gentlemen, we will leave this world and go to heaven. I never could understand that. But I've seen a lot of people over these 50-something years since I've received Christ say, no, I'm not ready. I don't want to do that. Now, my God and your God is a gentleman. He will not override someone's free will. A person has the right to say yes, and God wants them to say yes, but they also have the right to say no. And I, as a child of God, who's out sharing his word and inviting people to come, 
and receive Christ. I do not have the right to overcome a free, a certain person's free will. So ladies and gentlemen, besides the rumors you hear, Brother does not knock people over here if they say no. I try and find out why they say no. But the invitation is open. So here's the point I'm trying to make. Now, oh, also, by the way, a side thought. I love being around God's new people. They, they're, they're, so, they're so excited. One day, my Sunday school teacher said, Herb, you come in every Sunday. Would you give a devotional next Sunday? I say, absolutely. I want to ask my wife. <laughs> what is a devotional? She said, that's when you take a passage of Scripture and, you, and then you explain to people what the Scripture says. I said, oh, no. <laughs> now, I've been called a lot of things over the years, but being stupid is never one of them. So I picked the Scripture out. Now, I'm giving you a secret. And I called my pastor. I said, Pastor, what's this Scripture mean? <laughs> I wrote down everything you said. They said, Man, for a new Christian, that was a brilliant devotional. <laughs> so, you know, folks, there's always ways to do it, okay? <laughs> but basically, what the predestination means is God predetermined, he foreordained before the foundation of the world that Jesus Christ was going to shed his blood for the sacrifice of our sins that we might be forgiven and then we might have a means to enter into his kingdom being declared perfect by a blood sacrifice. That's what it means. Now, years ago, as a young Christian, I was taught by a very godly pastor, Dr. Carl Marshall, who really discipled me, that you're walking down a path and there's fork in the road. And this fork, you go this, and it has a sign over the gateway predestined this one leads away from God if you take this path and you go through that gate and you look behind you on the back side of the gate is a sign that says elect chosen ladies and gentlemen when you receive Christ he has chosen you because you have trusted his son to be one of his child that's exciting. So, now, the, no, I'm not going to say that. Well, I am. <laughs> my vacation is just for my family. Don't show up at my condo. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so, anyway, so, you know, the Bible teaches us that whosoever. But then the word predestination means destined or appointed beforehand and it means that whoever accepts Christ can be a child of God. And let's talk about the word adoption and what it means. The word adoption means to, to, place, to be placed as a son or a child and become part of a family. You know, I thought about this this week as I was praying and asking God to, you know, give me what he'd have me say today. And, you know, it's amazing how, how good our God is. He took me back to years ago when my wife and I were a fairly new couple. And we were in a new couples class. And uh, that's that class I did the devotion in. And uh, the, the thing is, is that uh, we got to know this couple. And our daughter was about, maybe she was two, 
not more than three. And, and my, my heart kind of broke for this couple because they wanted children so bad. And they'd been married long. They were a little older than us. In fact, everybody we knew was older than us. And at some point in time, Dorothy and I have crossed an invisible line, and now everybody we hang out with is younger than us. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but but, here, but we, went, we went on a fishing trip to Panama City. And, and we drove down there. I'll never forget this. And, you know, many times when we were with them at their house, our house, when we went out to eat, uh, they, they, that was just a hole in their heart that they just couldn't have children. And uh, they'd been married about six years. And so they had wanted to adopt. And after even, you know, today, that's a long, hard process. And so we were in Panama City. We just got there. And he got a telephone call. I never forget this. And the telephone call said, you have totally been approved. We have a baby for you. You can pick the baby up Tuesday. Now, we were down there over Labor Day. I want you to know, that was one of the most joyful weekends my wife and I ever spent. They were so excited. They, they, they were just, it was just amazing. And that's all we talked about that whole weekend. And they just, you know, they wanted to cut our fishing trip short. I said, okay. I says, but you can't pick the baby up till Tuesday. They said, okay, we'll, 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 we'll finish it out. But they were so excited. And I thought about that. God put that in my mind and heart. I hadn't thought about that in years. That's, that's been 47, 48 years ago. But they were so excited. I got thinking about it. As I sat at my desk in my house in Sebring, Florida, and I thought about that. You know, I thought about that verse of Scripture that says, All the angels in heaven rejoice over one repentant sinner. And I thought, you know, this Scripture says, God adopted us according to His good pleasure of His will. And I, th- and I thought about that. When anyone comes to know Jesus Christ, praise and receive Christ, and become adopted, part of God's family. God is excited. And I thought of that couple. The joy in God's heart. The joy in Christ's heart. The joy and the thrill of all the angels in heaven. With one individual comes into the, and becomes the family of God. I don't know about you all, but I always think how grateful I am I may be a sneaker at time I, I, I may look like a frog but I'm a prince as I've told you and I'm a child of God because I have been adopted into God's family and God loves me and one of my favorite sayings, all the time people say, slow this week, my wife says, you got to slow down. You got to slow down. You got to slow down. I'll do that one of these days. Because you know what? God loves me. And God loves you. We're his children. And he blesses me so much. He's given me all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. They're mine. But years ago, I had the privilege of playing, praying with Dr. Roy Fish. He had come 
to our church in uh, Lilburn, Georgia, when I was serving as minister of evangelism there. And he came to do a revival. And I never forget, I had the privilege of praying with him before service. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how you can learn new things. And I had never thought about this. I never have up until that time. And, and as he was praying, he said, Lord, today, let me bless you. You know, I have never thought about blessing God. I never thought about that. Oftentimes, I pray to God, bless me today. Bless me. But I never thought that as a child of God, I could bless him. Because I've been adopted. And he was overjoyed when I became his child. He's overjoyed when you become his child. And he, he has predetermined that you have an opportunity to become his child. He wants you to be his child. You see what the verse of the scripture says? Having predestined us to the adoptions as sons by Jesus Christ to him according to to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace. By which he made us accepted in the beloved. Ladies and gentlemen. We are accepted before God. And it's not based on what I do. Or what I don't do. It's only based on one thing. God loves me. God loves you. And he wants you to be in his family. Years ago, I learned when studying Romans. When Paul wrote to the Romans about being adopted into the family of God. He had a whole passage of that in Romans. And as I studied that, I came to the realization I learned that under Roman law, you could adopt a child. And let's say years later, you had your own children and you had your adopted child. And maybe you got very displeased with your children. And so you decide to disinherit them because you're, you're upset with them. They're not do, living up to your ex expectation. They're not doing what you think they ought to do. And so a natural child could be disowned and could be, so to speak, written out of the will of a Roman citizen. But do you know? Under Roman law, you could not, you could not disinherit an adopted child. Once you were adopted, you were sealed. I get a little peeved. Y'all get peeved? I get peeved. You, go for, you, know, you stay with, you keep coming back, bring people with you. You're going to learn about all my uh, peeves and irritations. But I get peeved when people talk about you can lose your salvation. Folks, you're sealed. Once a child, always a child. You cannot lose your salvation. But the important thing is to make sure you're a child. Now, as I close this message, I want you to understand something. There's a lot of decisions you'll make in life. And they're important decisions. One of the most important decisions I've made after, you know, before receiving Christ 
was marrying the love of my life, my wife. <laughs> the very first time I saw that girl, my heart went ping. She didn't even remember my name, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I asked her to marry me, and if I had not married my wife, I would not be standing here this morning. Because under her influence, she got me going to church. And while I was in that church, I heard the marvelous mis message and ministry that I could be God's child. Now, I'm hard-headed. I'm from Missouri. It took me a year listening every Sunday to a godly preacher declaring the message of God. It finally got through. Now you say, Herb, why do you say that? Why don't you listen very closely to me? I can never remember a time in my life that I didn't know who Jesus was. I can never remember a time in my life where I didn't pray because I was taught to pray. But ladies and gentlemen, I was trusting in an infant baptism. My mom, and she was going on the knowledge that she had, had me baptized, had all of her children baptized when we were babies. I appreciate that. She was worried about where I was going to spend eternity. But that was her decision, not my decision. And I want you to know, I'm not a child of God because I believe in God. I always remember, I was taught to believe in God. But you know, the Bible says, you believe there's one God, you do well. But the devil also believes in trembles. So being a child of God is not because you believe in God. It's not because you've been baptized. And it's not because you belong to a church. Although you ought to belong to a church. It's not optional for you to belong to a church. God has called us to form into churches that we might minister in his name and touch our communities in his name. But you know what? I tell people all the time, when I stand before God, and I will, and you will, he's never going to ask me, what denomination did you belong to? Now, I know all of us Baptists think we're going to be the only ones up there, but that's not going to be true. <laughs> that's not true. He's not, going to, he's not going to ask me that. Here's what he's going to ask me. What was your relationship with my son? Now, how many folks in here do I have that are married? I mean, I'm not going to trick you. You know, good. What caused you, yeah, what caused you to be married? Only one thing. I loved my wife. We've been married 55 years and my heart still goes ping. But here's the thing. I'm married because of one thing. On July 18th, 1962, I stood in front of a preacher, Dr. Homer Fussell. That really was his name. Great name. And he said, Herb, look at Dorothy and repeat after me. I'm going to fall off the stage. Everybody back up here. <laughs> repeat after me. I said, I, Herb, take you, Dorothy, 
to be my wedded wife. I commit my life to you. You know, and we took a wedding vow. And then she looked at me and she took a wedding vow. And guess what? Dr. Fussell said, I now pronounce you man and wife. And I walked out of that church. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't feel married. I didn't feel any different. But you know what? Ask me now if I feel married. I feel married today. 1966, November 13th, at Bright Lake Baptist Church. I'm sitting on the back row. And they were having a thing called a revival. I don't know what a revival was. All I know is that there was a different guy talking to me that day. Now, that's what I said. He's talking to me, but now I know he was preaching. But anyway. And he preached a message on the difference between religion and relationship. And for the first time, I realized I had religion. I had a right belief system. I was taught. I was taught some false things, but I was taught a lot of truth. But I didn't have a relationship. And I remember that morning, I'm going there from the back row. That's just how I sit in the front now. It's not as far of a walk if you want to make a decision. From that back row, I walked that whole length of that church. And I took a vow. And they shared the gospel again. And they said, are you willing to accept Jesus Christ as just Lord and Savior? I said, yes. And then prayed this prayer with me. It was just like a wedding vow. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. You didn't have to tell me I was a sinner. I was an alcoholic at the time. Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus is your son. He died for me on the cross. And he has the power to forgive me of my sin. So Jesus, right now, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I will commit my life to you and follow you all days of my life. Do you know what? I walked out of that church. I didn't feel any different. I was drinking on Friday. I was drinking on Saturday. I was drinking on Monday. Only reason I didn't drink on Sunday, I was living in Dry County at the time. <laughs> but eight months later, slowly by slowly, God started doing a work in my life. I quit my drinking. I quit my smoking. I quit my cussing. I quit my job. Started my own business where I didn't have to do all the things I was doing. He asked me if I know I'm a Christian today. Absolutely. So this morning, my invitation, if you're here and you were die right now and you don't know for certain or you can't remember taking a vow to Christ, I want to invite you to pray that little prayer. It's not hard. And you don't even have to say it the exact way. Just call on Jesus' name because his promise is whoever calls on me shall be saved. On this little card, it says my decision today. If today you pray that prayer, and I'm going to pray in a few minutes, just mark that. If you want to do it sometime this week, take this card with you, mark it, and turn it in next week. Come back next week. I got total recall, and I've taken every one of your names. No. <laughs> we want you to come back. We really do. Any other decision you make, if there's something you want to respond to, mark that. Put your prayer requests down. I want you to know, 
I get these cards every Monday, and I spend all Monday morning praying over these prayer requests. And I don't know why I do it this way. But I sit in my office, I put the card on my forehead. I don't know why I do that, I do that. And I start praying for each request. So your request would be prayed for, and then it's given out, and other pastors pray for it. We're glad you're here. Please come back. Mark your calendars for the 31st and the 24th. And I'll give you more information. We're going to do something special on those two Saturdays. I'm going to ask each of you to give me two hours because we want to get ready for Easter. And we want to invite people to come. And I will tell you more about that next week. Pray with me. Father, I want to thank you for this day. I thank you for these who have come. I thank you, Father, that they've been so attentive. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you'll do the work in each of their hearts. Lord, if they're here this morning and they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, may today be their day of salvation, just as my day was in November 13, 1966. If they cannot remember of ever making that commitment, Lord, you're not going to get mad at them if they remake the commitment. And then, Lord, I pray that you touch each point, each person right at their point of need. And, Lord, I pray that each person might feel your love and might feel the love of us who are in this church. And so, Lord, I thank you, and I pray for each one of them that you'll bless them this week. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen.